Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast with your hosts, Jessica McIntyre and Quinton Cools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third season of the Team Packed Podcast. If you've been with us before and listened back over the last couple seasons, welcome back. And if you're brand new, welcome to the conversation. Um, for reference, my name is J Mac or Jessica McIntyre, and I am here with Quentin Cools. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you. And we are really excited to come back for this third season of the podcast. So, last time we recorded, we were at staff training. Um, this time we are back in the storage closet <laughs> at the office. Quinn, how do you feel about that? Hey, I feel really good. You know, the acoustics in this room, all of the uh, inventory of t-shirts and hoodies and teen-packed paraphernalia, it's kind of perfect for podcast recording. <laughs> That's true. We are surrounded by t-shirts and hoodies, but it's pretty good, like sound barriers and things like that. I so. feel like this is a good plug for the Teen Pack store. Feel free to go to teenpack.com <laughs> slash store to, no, yeah. Uh, but for real though, there's some cool stuff. But anyways, um, we have some new and exciting things to talk about this season. And for those of you who were with us at Team Pack National Convention this past year, you heard about the theme Becoming. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about this season on the podcast. So Becoming and this idea of to live as Christ and what that looks like, how that plays out in our lives. And and so we want to continue that conversation. Um, and each day we had a daily theme, if you will. And so we're going to go through and talk about each of those and hit on those for each episode here. And so for this first one, it's actually talking about the heart and how do I love the Lord with all my heart? And so, Quinn, let's just start there. What does that even mean? How to love the Lord with all my heart? Yeah, well, I think you start with the recognition that um, Scripture talks about the heart. Scripture talks about how um, we have hearts that are drawn not toward the Lord, um, but toward other things, toward ourselves and, and so on. My and heart is drawn towards my coffee right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Um, your, your heart is, um, it's kind of the, it's considered like the core of who you are. It's like the seat of your desires, your will, like what you want. And um, as I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, what is it that Teen Pact uh, most addresses? Um, I think out of all the problems that Teen Pact, you know, addresses in the world today, I think it's apathy. Hmm. I think it's that um, people's hearts are not engaged in something or that, if they are engaged in something, they're engaged in the wrong thing. And so Teen Pack comes in, you know, in your high school years and says, hey, there is something so much better than whatever your heart is currently leading you toward. And I think, you know, scripture is so good about identifying what that need is. Like that need is for God to come in and change your heart, to transform your heart. Like, you know, the passage in Ezekiel um, I think it's Ezekiel 36 where where it's it's basically like heart transplant language. He's like, I, I will give you this prophecy. I will give you a new heart. I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. So I think that's really the, the starting point when you ask the question, how do I love the Lord with all my heart? 
Well, honestly, first of all, it's kind of impossible mm. without God initiating and doing something to change that. Because otherwise our hearts are, are going to lead us astray. Right. That's true. I think that's a very key thing, which you said just there. Like your heart is leading you towards something, um, whether or not it's the Lord, whether or not it's school, family, outside activities, your wants, your desires. You're, you're always being led by something. It's interesting if you look it up um, in the Hebrew and Greek, if you get right down to it, I'm not going to try and pronounce, you know, any Greek or Hebrew words today, but the heart is the middle. Like you said, Quinn, it's the center of you. It's what drives you. It's what motivates you. It's what directs you. And so it's what comes from inside. And so it's all inclusive, whether it's your thoughts, your feelings, inclinations, understandings, it's, it's so encompassing of who you are and so it is so important to direct those affections those that love that your heart towards the correct thing so I want to kind of jump on that thought you said you know what is your heart leading you towards and, and we know what it ought to lead you towards but what are the practicalities of that you know we know what our heart ought to lean towards yeah what it ought to be moved for and and you said it's not really something that we can do that we can muster up. It's impossible in and of ourselves, but we can see through verses like in Ezekiel where it says, I will give you a new heart. Or when scripture says, I have renewed your heart and and things like that. Um, But what is it that you find in culture? Often our heart is leading us towards. Right. So, so culture is, I think more and more and more becoming, individual centric um that you're the boss of you that you get to determine your destiny um you know as you stutter as you study kind of recent history you know um kind of the the 20th century leading into kind of the what we we've called postmodern culture and now some you know worldview and theologian type people are are starting to identify like what's the post postmodern <laughs> yeah. uh, condition that we're currently in and I think really, whatever you want to call it, it is just more and more and more an emphasis that you're God, like you get mm. to be the end all be all like, and, and and I was thinking about this, it, it shows up all the time in especially our music. So I don't know, do you have any um, guilty pleasure music that you listen to that like nobody right, knows Quinn, you listen to? <laughs> stop it. I feel like he, you're calling me out on my gym playlist. Okay, right yeah, now. yeah. So like a gym playlist. So like, so for me, you know, when you go to the gym, you want to listen to some sort of, uh, you know, upbeat music, you know, rock or pop or whatever. And so for me, like in high school, I had uh, several, uh, you know, several artists that I would listen to and I'm not proud of it, but you know, the Lady Gaga's and the- Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Skillet, Family oh, Force no, 5. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> not- man I'm, over no. here is like Lady Gaga, <laughs> Lady Antebellum. No, La- Lady I Gaga, <laughs> Taylor Swift, you know, those sorts of, you know, I was, um, there was a song in, in high school that um, Justin Bieber put out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you would be a JB fan. <laughs> I'm not admitting that right here, right now. Um, and the song, uh, was as long as you love me. And uh, do you know it? As long as you love yeah, exactly. Me. That's the one. So, and, and yeah, you put me in front of a karaoke machine. I can totally oh nail that song. Right. We're going to do karaoke um, after this. But I was, I was thinking about that song and how like 
the the it's a love song. He's singing to a a a love interest, and he's saying, you know, as long as you love me, I'll be all these things for you. I'm gonna be sacrificial. I'm gonna be amazing for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna love you, but it's only if you love me. As long as you love me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, like that's it. Like that's what culture says. Culture says. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. And that ultimately is just an affirmation of what our heart is already telling us. Mm. You know, those lies that we tell ourselves from from birth, basically, is that it's about me. And and I think we need to find a way to break free of that. And so part of the concern is, you know, are you filling your mind with those sorts of messages or are you to use the phrase you you referenced, are you having your mind renewed? Um, and and honestly, when I think about the the will and desire of our hearts and the direction that we're being drawn toward, um, it can't be um, it can't be something good unless God does something to change that. And when I think about what God has definitively done, like He He promised to do it you know, throughout different times in scripture, especially that passage in Ezekiel. And then he definitively did it. Like Mm -hmm. when Jesus came, that was a moment where our hearts, that heart transplant actually could happen. Um, And so, I I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the starting point for me is recognizing that, that our hearts are going to be drawn toward other things until God changes our heart. But then I think, I think that it really turns toward this idea that we see in scripture and it's the tagline uh, for this to live as Christ. Mm -hmm. The other part of that is to die as gain. And so there's this living and dying element that we need to die in order to live. We need to have that old heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) that gets ripped out and a new heart is put in. And I think that's the painful process. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's, there's maybe a, there's maybe a, a sacrifice or a surrender that happens at the point of conversion, certainly, but that ongoing um, kind of reformation of your heart, like that's, mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing. Like, no, no, it's not. It, I kind of think of the verse in Jeremiah where it says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Mm. And I think in a greater sense, we know that, all right, it's not, it's not beyond redemption because Christ Amen. accomplished that. Yeah. But we know in and of ourselves, in and of our fleshly desires, the heart, if led to its own, left to its own devices, like it's going to lead us astray. And so it sounds to me like what you're hitting on is this idea of conditioning our heart, recognizing that in that process, there's a responsibility within that. It's not just a passive like all right, let go and let God, he's going to, he's going to give me a new heart. All things Mm. are going to be easy. Yes. He gives us a new heart, but we still have to wrestle with this human element of flesh. And you referenced this earlier where who is on the throne of your heart more or less? Like, is it you who is in control or is it God who is in control? And I think sometimes we can look at that and think, oh no, like, if God is in control, then my heart is always going to be inclined towards him. It's always going to be loving the things he loves, hating the things he hates, loving people the way he loved them, serving, sacrificing, all those things. And yes, that's the goal and that's the refining and that's the process. However, 
we haven't reached that quite yet. And so you're holding this tension of I'm not always there and my heart still wants what mm-hmm. it wants. Yeah. It, it's still deceitful and still wicked. Right. But it, we are in the process of being refined and of wanting what the father wants more than what we want. So totally agree. Um, it makes me think of a really influential book in high school. Um, have you ever read Crazy Love by Francis Chan? I haven't actually read it. Okay. I know I'm like the only one on the planet who hasn't, but it has been referenced so much. Yeah, and it, I, it, I, I know you know, it's it's not this, you know, it's it's not this, you know, mind blowing, you know, mm-hmm. theology book or something like that. But it 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 was mind blowing to me as a teenager because what Francis Chan gets at in that book is that this concept of loving the Lord with your heart. Like for so oft, like so often in in kind of you know American church culture, you know we we have this kind of conversation that we're having here, and we're just saying, yeah, you need a new heart, you need God to change your motivations and all this kind of stuff, and you need to apply yourself and you need to do it and just do it right. Like it mm-hmm. it's it feels almost transactional, mm-hmm. and and that's where Francis Chan gets in there and he says, hold up, time out. This whole concept of your heart being changed, it's about relationship Mm. that if you love something else if you love someone else that love will transform you Mm. that relationship is going to affect every part of your life and you could have some quibbles with Francis Chan about if he's emphasizing too much on our love toward God versus God's love toward us and the response of that and whatever but like I think the point of it is that it's relationship that motivates us. Like mm. if if we keep on loving self more than God, then this whole sanctification process, this reformation of our heart, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, if we if we're not in love with God and loving the things of God and 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 what God has called us to in life with him. And if we don't see the beauty of that and the beauty of how he sought us out and he's won us over, like if we don't grasp honestly the gospel and see the beauty in the gospel, then I think we miss this whole, the whole point of the conversation. Like the whole point of how do I love the Lord with all my heart? It's like, like that almost misses the point of you, you don't even want to do that. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a relationship and God created that relationship and invites you into that relationship. And I think, I think people, especially young people struggle with this in, you know, the end of high school, beginning of college years, you know, their, their faith is tested Mm -hmm. and they start asking questions and it really puts to the test. Do I have a genuine personal relationship with Christ Jesus and for a lot of people, they don't, and it kind of, they're like sifted, you know, like sand or something. And so I, I think I think that's a huge um, and necessary component is, you know, it, well, here's a, here's a phrase that my pastor has used. You know, you've probably heard people say, we need to think God's thoughts after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, he says, we need to feel God's feelings after him. Whoa. I know. Does God okay. have feelings? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Feelings, I feel like and I think that's a buzzword these yeah, days. <laughs> but but you think about like the emotion 
um, that comes through the way that God speaks and interacts, you know, the way that he calls out to Adam and Eve. I don't think it was a vindictive, where are you? Mm -mm. It was a, where are you? You know, in the cool of the day, I'm walking, I'm, I'm used to this close relationship. Where are you? There's a longing, there's a calling out, there's an inviting I mean, that's, that's like grace and mercy chasing us down and saying, hey, no, 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 come back. I want relationship with you. And I think that's, that's the beauty of what God has done for us in Christ is not that we, he's like, you know, he's robotically changed our motivations to where we were previously motivated to serve ourselves and, and our hearts were wired to kind of, you know, uh, pursue our own ends. And then he suddenly just like changed that and said, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to reprogram you and, and the machine's going to work the way it's supposed to work. No, no, he, he pursued us as people in relationship. And I think that is a beauty that we can only, you know, continue to unpack over the years because that is, that's amazing. And that ultimately motivates me that, that gets my heart excited about even the hard parts of life and hard parts of the Christian calling where it's like, no, 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 I'm willing to do these other things. I'm willing to serve sacrificially. I'm willing to give generously. I'm willing to, you know, try to put to death sin because this relationship that I have with God and my motivation is I want to love and follow God. And that, that, that's a game changer, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And I like what you are talking about here about the motivation, because if your motivation is to do the right thing, I I don't know. I think some people are more inclined to that than others, whether it's, you know, personality types or, or whatever, but there's people out there who are very motivated by, I want to do the right thing in the right way to get the right result. Um, and so you can go through these thoughts, like, how do I love the Lord with all my heart? Okay. So I need to love the Lord with all my heart. I need to love him. I need to serve him. I need to check, do X, Y, check, and Z. Exactly. Check. You're checking the boxes and saying, all right, I've done all these things. And then I think we can still get left with, but I'm not feeling him. Like mm -hmm. totally. there's, there's something missing there. And I think that's what you're hitting on is that motivation of, it's not just doing the right things. It's knowing the right person. Mm, yeah. And I think the what you're saying there, the relationship aspect, if that's missing, if you're doing all the right things, if you're, you know, what, what, what we think are the right things, like we're, we're reading our Bible and we're going to church and we're going to youth group. And, you know, if we're an adult with children, we're taking them to church. And, you know, it's like, all these things where we're doing the right things, check, 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 check. But there's, we wake up one day and you kind of have that midlife crisis, but maybe it's in your teen years, maybe it's in your, your college quarter years, life quarter life crisis. <laughs> yeah. We're going to rebrand that. Um, and you wake up and you're like, is it real? I think that's the question that so many mm. people in Christianity and in other, um, other, you know, faith contexts, wake up one day and they just ask that question of themselves and it freaks them out. Yeah. They're like, is it real? And I think if you don't have that relationship, mm -hmm. if, if Jesus is not a person revealed in scripture, son of God, the man that walked this earth, 
who now lives for us, interceding for us. If you don't know Jesus, then it is just going to be a bunch of religious blech, you know, and, and you'll walk away. And so what, what would it look like if your heart, your affections were, were deeply affected to where they were toward God? Wouldn't that change everything else in your life? Like if the, if the, the most important thing to you, the desire that's just like, you know, it's just like, that really exciting, hopeful, restful, um, energized, I don't know, like, you know, all that, that, that feeling. And it is, I think a feeling and the feeling needs to be in, in line with truth. It needs to be in response to truth, Mm -hmm. the truth that's revealed in God's word about Christ. Right. But it is an affection. Like, and I, I think here's, here's a topic. (laughs) I think different denominations. Oh boy. Yeah, we're going here. Oh boy. <laughs> I think different denominations tend to err on one side of this or the other in terms of like really not addressing the emotional side of a relationship with God mm-hmm. and others um, stressing it so much so that they're not you know, building that on the firm foundation of what's revealed in the truth about who God is, you know, right. the knowledge that the, 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 the truth that you have to engage with your mind. Right. But, but isn't there a middle way there where you're responding to the truth that you've understood in your mind, mm-hmm. but that your heart's affections are then aligned with that. And you say yes to that. And gosh, maybe it means you actually raise your hands in worship. <laughs> Oh no. (laughs) No, I, but that makes total sense. Like, so yes, we know that love is a feeling and, and ultimately it's a choice. And we see that demonstrated in scripture. We see that demonstrated. Well, well, would you, would you say that love is a feeling? Well, in the, in the sense of what you just said of like your affections, your feelings, those are going to be stirred towards that direction. But what I think is that. Yeah, I would, I would say that. Um, there's an emotional component that if not present, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's not the foundation from which you're starting at is what I'm saying is your, your choice, your, you know, the truth that you choose to firmly plant yourself in that God is love, um, that he loves me and that he longs to be in relationship with me. That is the truth that you plant yourself in and that's going to affect your feelings, your emotions, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work in reverse. Um, and mm. so I think oftentimes we are putting the wrong thing in front. So, and I think, so I, I agree. And I think there's this, there's this verse in um, the book of Acts where it talks about how um, the people would, would tr- attempt to, you know, feel their way toward God. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've, as I've studied that passage and some other passages about, you know, kind of divine revelation, I've come to realize like the idea that we could without God's initiation somehow understand who God is, understand how to reorient our hearts, how to um, make right what's wrong in the world. It'd be impossible, Mm -hmm. right? Totally impossible. Um, 
But when God initiates that for us and he reveals who he is, then we, we get, like you're saying, to respond to truth. We respond to who he has revealed himself to be. And then I think our affections need to follow. Like right. they need to follow. Like, so a lot of teen pack students will come to a state class and, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. You know, some of them come from more conservative churches. Others come from more, um, you know, free, I don't know, um, what would you say? Uh, I'm thinking in music mostly, like, you know, where, where mm-hmm. some, some are more traditional and have sure. just hymns and then others, you know, might have, you know, a lot of contemporary music, you know, uh, music that's only more been put out in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of uh, young people will come in and they, they, they don't know how to even react or respond to God in with their body, like with, mm-hmm. with their, you know, with falling on their knees or raising their hands. And, and we've had some conversations even in the last um, Teen Pack podcast season. And, and for those of you listening, feel free to go back and, and take a look at that. We had one on worship mm-hmm. um, with That's Chad bad. Fryer that was really good. And, um, but we, we, we kind of talked about, you know, how we, we don't want to lead into an emotionalism. Right. Like the goal is not to somehow, uh, you know, have a beat that, you know, gets you moving or that, you know, you always raise your hands. Otherwise, you're not worshiping or those sorts of things. But I think there's a response there. Like mm-hmm. if it's if it's relationship, if it's not rehearsal. Sure. <laughs> If it's relationship, then it's going to engage your emotion. It's going to engage your affection, mm-hmm. and and that that's all I'm getting at. I don't want to I don't want to harp on any uh, mm-hmm. particular uh, church style of worship. I, I respect um, the tradition of of hymns and and appreciate some of the contemporary um, music that seeks to address you know this other side, this other part of the conversation. Sure, and I think that's a very valid part of the conversation. You're right. It is what what is our response? I mean, you can have an emotional response to music and it doesn't have to be worship music. I mean, gosh, I think about um, driving home back to Maine, visiting my family, um, holidays, what have you. And it's like anywhere from 10 to 12 hour drive. And I usually like to start super early in the morning. And when I start driving early in the morning, there's a strict rule of only only soft music before 8 a.m. Um, totally. Nothing else <laughs> before that. And so then you're listening to like your Jake Scott and maybe some melancholy Taylor Swift or whatever. And you can you can have a very emotional response to mm. that. Uh, and, yeah. and that can that can stir some things. And then you're like watching the sunrise and you're like crying and there's no (laughs) point to even be doing any of that except that your your emotions are stirred through through something like that yeah i see Um, where you're going with this this is good but that ultimately at the end of the day like in worship yes it's it's the response and you're responding to something um and worship and music you know that that's a different conversation for another time that we could get into about you know how that is a catalyst for stirring our affections, but, um, it is really important what you set your heart on, um, and where, where, where your affections are going with that. And those have a huge, um, influence on just what your response even is. So 
I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I'm sure it was deeply profound, whatever it was. <laughs> no, but I, well, you know, going back to your story of the mm-hmm. road trip, I think the fact that we can have that kind of emotional response that's not related to um, worshiping the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So there's other things that can draw our affections mm-hmm. towards something. I think that's, that's, we need to, we need to identify that right here, right now, that the emotional response is not the validation that it's real correct, or that it's true or that it's right or Mm -hmm. that it's good. We need to receive from the Lord what he says is good and right and true. And then our affections need to be in response to that. Mm -hmm. And I think whether in worship music or on a road trip, listening to music Mm -hmm. or any other time, uh, you know, I think that when our emotions are engaged, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But they need to be engaged in response to what God has already revealed. One one additional thought I wanted to add before we wrap up was this idea of daily dying. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about um, how, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's a putting to death the sinful desires that we continually run back to. And I was, um, I was thinking about, have you seen, um, the Marvel movie, uh, Dr. Strange? Yes. So there's this, there's a scene in Dr. Strange. I don't think this is like a, it's not a spoiler because people should have seen it if they wanted to see it. Right. Cause that was like five years ago. Quinn, if you haven't seen it, yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. With your life? <laughs> right. Go watch. No, I, I can't actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a, a scene at the end of the movie where uh, Doctor Strange chooses to die again and again and again. He's in a time loop um, in order to keep the evil being at bay. And I was thinking about how there's a sense in which our daily dying mm-hmm. needs to be like that where even though you know that it's going to be painful, even though you know mm-hmm. that it's you're going to have to do it again later tonight and again tomorrow and again in a few weeks and the struggle is going to come back, but you're choosing to die to these, these alternative desires to our heart that ought to be motivated and, and, and toward God. And so I was just thinking about how in this greater conversation about how do I love the Lord with all my heart? In one sense, God transforms our heart at the point of conversion. We're saved. We're, we're given a new heart. A new spirit is put inside of us. And in another sense, there's an ongoing work that needs to be done. And we partner with God by, by putting those things to death, those desires that would not lead us toward him that would draw our affections toward the things of the world. And, and honestly, yeah, some of that music that I listened to in high school and, and you know, maybe still listen to some of that. <laughs> um, if that is drawing me away from King Jesus, mm-hmm. then I need to, I need to question that. I need to, I need to think about that and, and, and wrestle with that because I want my heart and affections to follow Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's the big takeaway is, that dying daily to self in order that we might be made new, renewed, alive in Christ. And we know that that work is 
is finished, but um, there is there's action to be taken with that, and that does mean a tangible dying to my fleshly desires, dying to the things that I want, dying to the things of this world. There's a conditioning of the heart that does need to take place yeah. that sometimes is hard. But I mean, even in in Proverbs four, it says, "Guard your heart, like above all else." Guard your heart as everything you do flows from that. That that's what is directing you. That's that is you. And let your eyes look straight ahead. And it talks about fixing your eyes on on what is directly before you and about being steadfast. And so it's coming to to this life and saying, okay, it doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what I need. It, it's a matter of saying, God's got this. And he is in control of my life and he is worthy of my love. And I want to know him and he wants to know me and he gave his life for me. And now I don't want to be in control of my life. Mm. I want him to be in control of my life. And that means a tangible sacrifice. And sometimes it does take that conditioning of heart to say, oh, yes, it's, it's not about me right now in this moment. And so putting to death your desire, maybe even your your rights, as it were, mm-hmm. in order to live with Christ. Um, and so I would just encourage us to do that hard work of conditioning your heart. You know, people, people say, culture says that the heart wants what it wants. I think that's not really true. I heard this on a different podcast, but the heart wants what it's fed. Hmm. And so be intentional with what you're feeding it. And so what, I I guess then the question is, and the challenge is, what is it that you need to die to today? Is it your agenda? Is it your, you know, whatever that may be, what does it look like? Is it your (laughs) music preferences? Is it the things that Mm -hmm. are feeding your heart? What is it that you need to die to today to say, I am no longer on the throne of my life? God is, and yeah. we are pursuing that relationship with him. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us, everybody, um, for the Team Pack podcast. It's been a blast to have you, um, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Pack podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? Send us an email at communications at teampack.com. Or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes.